Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Mind Mastery Online Radio Network. Two folks talking about interesting stuff. Shh, I don't want anybody to know. That's right, because uh, we want this to just be a private conversation between the three of us. That would be Scott Patton, the king of the unweb, and Dove Baron, the Mind Master himself. And you. And you, of course, and you. So welcome to the show. <laughs> I think, why are we whispering? And <laughs> why do we want to keep it private? Because we just started off having a conversation about, actually we started off having a conversation about being social. You yes. were talking about going to a party. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well this weekend a friend of mine uh, took me to a, my girlfriend took me to a party that was a 50th birthday party right. of a friend of hers. Uh-huh. And her husband <coughs> happens to be a, a clown in Cirque du Soleil. And what I didn't tell you, and you can imagine, right, if you're, if you're um, on stage and there are blinding lights like Cirque du Soleil and they've yeah. got tons of things going on and you're the clown and your job is to get everybody prepared for the show, which is what this gentleman's job was, right. you, I think most of us would probably see the crowd as a blur. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we, we had front row seats. And the way the stage was, was there's basically like three steps down from the top of the stage to you're standing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Sophia and her daughter Vera, who's seven, and I were sitting there. And one of the things that he does is he goes with two other clowns and they pick somebody from the audience. And they're constantly doing this, right? And so they pick me. Yeah. Yeah. This was at Cirque du Soleil. At Cirque du Soleil. When was this? Uh, this would have been last fall. Oh, fabulous. And he didn't know we were there. He first of all, he'd never met me before, right, so, so that didn't matter, no. right? And he wasn't the, one of the two clowns that picked me. He was the boss clown, right? right? So these two so clowns come and they're blah 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 blah, and they they right beside me, and I stand up, right? Right. And of course, what they do is they pick a person, and then they pick the person beside that person to actually come on stage. Right. It doubles it, right? Because you got I'm like freaking out. I'm going to be out on stage. And the person on either side of me are like, oh, thank God, the they didn't me. me. And then one of them gets picked. Right. right. So Vera was seven. She was on one side. And, and I, so I assume that's why they didn't want to pick her. Right. And they picked the gentleman beside me. Right. right? So, uh, and of course, Sophia's just like, that's Gordon, that's Gordon, that's my friend. Right. Right. She's waving at him and everything else. And of course, he's doing what he's doing. And he's not seeing anything. He's oblivious to that. Totally right. oblivious. Yeah. Right. So she told him later about it. And when I saw him that night, I, because I, we had that connection, I mentioned to him, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, Sophia told me about that. Really cool, right? And he says, yeah, we always pick the person. I never knew this. This is a trade secret. Don't tell anybody. Right. That's a secret revealed. So watch. And uh, I don't know that it's 100% because I didn't notice it every time. Mm-hmm. But often they'll pick somebody and then they'll go, oh, no, 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 that person's too pretty or something. Pick the person beside him, right? And so the guy beside me 
uh, leaned over at the end, or after he had been up and down or whatever, and said, are you part of the act? <laughs> I go, no. I was just glad I didn't get, go, get to go on stage. And uh, so anyway, he <coughs> so he did this party for his, his wife, right. 50th wedding, and uh, he did the place up really good, rented the local hall in Fort Langley. And, but it was interesting, there was no clowns. No. So no clowning around. The other thing that was interesting, we've talked about this before, is he's quite shy. Of course. It doesn't <coughs> surprise me at all. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, and Sophia told, told me a few times, and a couple other people, yeah, like he's quite shy. And, and like, yeah, right. But, th- but th- that's one of the great illusions, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that, you know, we think that people who are performers are gregarious <coughs> people. Total extroverts. And, and, and what we do know psychologically is that most performers are actually introverts. I didn't actually know that. Yep, most performers <coughs> are uh, what's called um, extroverted introverts. Extroverted introverts. I'm an extroverted introvert. <coughs> mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. So my wife today still does not believe that I'm shy. Yeah. No, still, after 14 years, doesn't believe I'm shy. But my natural space is 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 shyness. So I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Is that? Let's say I'm an introvert. Yep. I'm shy. I was yep. painfully shy mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up. And so, do I then decide at some point in time, and I actually want this to be more general than just me, but sure. I'll use me as the example, do I decide this experience was so painful, I need to do something to make it less painful, which means I need to practice it, mm-hmm. and then so therefore I go and find places where I stand up in front of groups of people and chat with them and talk and present and perform, all the rest of that, right. or is that just, is that not the case at all? <coughs> I think it's not as general as that. I mean, I think there are people who get it that are like, this is horribly painful to be this shy and I'm sick of being left in the, sh- in the shadows mm-hmm. and they push themselves and do it. Other people find themselves there by circumstance. They don't plan it um, in, a, in a conscious way, but mm-hmm. they you know, find themselves in a situation that thrusts them out front and what happens is they suddenly realize, oh, that was good. And I have no idea how I did it, and I'm terrified. <laughs> and so, you know, classically, um, I'm trying to think of who it was. Might have been Eric Clapton. But it's somebody who's like really, really, really famous, still throws up every time before they go out on stage. Mm. Because they're, because they're nervous. Neil Young. Neil Young? Okay. I, I remember hearing that. Yeah, too. so it's like really famous people who are just really Neil nervous. Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond? Neil Diamond. I know Barbara Streisand. Same thing. She to this day she says that she's terrified before she performs. Right. Every single time. So this um, idea that these people are extroverted is not the case. And, and you know, for me, when I look at people who have struggled with the drugs and the alcohol and rehab, um, and and, and I want to say this really clearly before I go any further. I've never met Lindsay Lohan. I don't know who she is, and my only impression of her is through the media. Therefore, my impression is completely skewed and not real at all. Right. So this is no, no uh, casting of uh, any idea or judgment on Lindsay because I don't know her, um, and I know that the media loves to pick samplings, bullshit samplings often of somebody and glue them together, and that's how we perceive a person. But what I've when I've seen conversations with her, um, whether she's on Oprah or whatever it was over the years, 
I've watched her and I see this shy girl. Mm. And I can see that. And so if you have to think about if you're under pressure to always be performing. Yeah, 24-7. 24-7. Because, yeah. well, because you're in the media. Yeah. When you're in the media, you, you, know, you always have to be on. And if you always have to be on, then there's, there's no room for you to be shy. That's not okay. So what do you do? You have another drink, have a line of coke, you know, what's you do something. You do something to force that that shy self in, into the shadows and bring this gregarious, extroverted person forward. Mm. And, and this is what you know what we ended up talking about before we came on the air, which is this whole thing of being out in the public eye. 24-7. 24-7. Yeah, because you had an interesting experience. With yeah. That. And one of the things I was just telling Scott was I was at a, a local grocery store um, a few weeks back, and it was a cold day, and I had been at the gym, and I was on my way home, and my wife said, could I drop off the car? And I decided to go with her to the yeah, grocery store. she wanted to go to the grocery store. So we go to the grocery store with her, and I'm in my, my <coughs> gym gear. Now, any of you who have seen any videos of me know I like clothes or see me live I love clothes beautiful clothing and shoes so these are not designer gym clothes that he's in my my, <laughs> my gym clothes are anything but designer so I've got an inside out sweatshirt with rips in it and I have a pair of shorts and you know I just don't care because I'm in the gym and I'm I'm a, I'm a grunter. I'm in the gym. I'm lifting heavy weights and grunting and moaning and sweating. You're getting all hot and sweaty. You might as well wear all hot and sweaty I clothes. I don't care, right? That's not what I'm, I'm there for. So um, we, go, and we go to the grocery store, and I'm sort of walking around, and I'm in my grunty clothes. And I can see this young guy, about 14, and his mom looking at me. And I'm thinking they're looking at me because I'm wearing shorts, and it's cold outside. Because oftentimes, I'm, people, if I'm walking anywhere, people go, wow, you're wearing shorts? I just come out of the gym. I'm screaming hot. It's not, it right. doesn't matter what it is. Right. So, you know, they, they just keep looking at me. And anyway, I just, you know, smile back and walk away. And about four hours later, I'm on Facebook. And this lady writes and says, I saw you in, in Price Mart today, which is a grocery store. And I was uh, clicked on a picture and had a look and went, yep, that's the woman. <laughs> that's her and her boy. And what we were saying was that this idea, I think we... We've got to accept, because we don't have an option anymore, that the the privacy in the way we knew it yeah. is gone. Yeah. Is gone. And I remember when uh, a guy who worked with us, Valley, was trying to get me to go on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I said, what the hell for? I don't care what you had for lunch. And I don't <laughs> think most people care what I had for lunch. And I just didn't get it. This 140-character update on whether I went to the bathroom or not really seems so unimportant to me. And then um, I read uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Crush It. You read that book? No, I actually haven't read that Really good book. Very small, (laughs) easy to read. And one of the things he was talking about on there was that reality TV has given permission for the voyeur in all of us. Hmm. Because the most popular TV shows are reality TV shows. Not acted shows, reality TV shows. And so that voyeur is awakened in us. And so we want to kind of sneak a peek into people's lives. And the the thing is, (coughs) because we're all part of it, it's not limited as it was to the Lindsay Lohans or the, the big stars of the world. It's now anybody who has a presence online in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So even if you're on Facebook in a very casual way, 
people are aware of you. Yeah. So <coughs> that's right. You know, and this is one of the things, as you know, we have a, a speaker training. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, teaching the speaker training on Saturday. This is a this is a private speaker training. You've got to qualify to get in. You know, it's a limited amount of people. Um, I cut off the maximum at 20 because it's very private, and actually only accepted 17 people. So these are the people I'm working with. And so part of the deal is, you know, they've got to update their social status because I'm not just teaching them speaking. I'm teaching them how to be a speaker, yeah. not just to be a speaker, but be an excellent speaker, be a magnificent speaker, and the leadership of what it takes to be a speaker. Because you can go to, uh, what's it called, Toastmasters, yeah. and learn how to be a speaker. And they teach you some good stuff. It's mm -hmm. great. But it's not about the leadership of what it takes. So this right. is about the leadership. It's a leadership program. So there was a couple of people who had a bit of a, an issue with this whole thing about, well, I don't want to be on Facebook. Hmm. And I said, great. Then you can leave today. And they go, well, that's kind of, what's that about? And I said, you need to be on social media. And they said, why? Because if you're going to be a speaker, you're going to be out in the public. And if you're going to be out in the public, you need a public presence, and you need people to know who you are. Exactly. And one of the guys really got it. I mean, for him, it was like a bolt of lightning. Hmm. He said, that is what's holding me back. He goes, that's what holds me back, not even as a speaker, but in life. And I said, what? He goes, I'm trying to stay private. Yeah. And I said, that's the deal. You can't have the level of success you're looking for. We're all public personas now. Unless you now embrace the public. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. You've got to step forward. And, and what it is, is an example of playing small. And, you know, we've talked so much about the world has changed. Yeah. Now, I was not the first guy on Facebook, and as sure as I wasn't the first guy on Twitter, right? Yeah. And I was not a big fan of the whole idea. But I get it. It's part of where I live now. Yeah, and you've embraced it. And I, I have no choice. I'm like, okay, this is what it is. got to embrace this. And I can also remember when my friend Steve, you know Steve, yeah. uh, um, tried to get me to buy a computer. <laughs> right? Why do I need a computer? I'm like, what for? I, I actually, you know, that I can prove psychologically it's better for you to write by hand, which it is. It brings the left brain and the right brain together. Right. It's more valuable. The hippocampus is involved. More creativity. All those kinds of things. And he said, "You're just going to need a computer." And he brought me this old computer. You know, the DOS with the green, yeah. the like Black amber. Screen. Yeah, the amber and you know, it was just ugly, right? And and every time something went wrong, I had to bring him over, and he was under in my computer for two hours. <laughs> you know, just a disaster. But there came a point, and I was I remember writing in my journal, "I must become proficient." on a computer mm -hmm. because I can't be a Luddite. You know what the Luddites are? Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't know what Luddites are. I wrote about them in a blog uh, a while ago. When when um, Britain moved from gas-lighted street lights to electric lighting in oh, the streets... I think I got them confused with yeah. the Luddites in the ancient Bible. No, Luddites. Luddites. So, no, I don't know what okay, they are. Okay, so Luddite was... When they were changing from gas lanterns in the streets to electric lighting, Okay. Um, they were completely against it. Oh. And they said it would be dangerous and people would die and, <coughs> you know, they were going to fight it. And they literally walked around and broke the electric street lights. Oh, wow. Right? And they were... Because they saw where it was going. They said it was dangerous, but they also saw where it was going. 
And what they saw was the industrialization of the world, which would put people out of work. Oh. This, is, this is a fabulous um, conversation because it, they resisted that. Now, of course, they were completely overthrown and technology moved on. And everyone, a lot of people have jobs still today. Yeah, and, and the world became industrialized yeah. and jobs were lost that were done by hand. But this is part of the mentality that's got people stuck today. Because they're going, oh, you know, uh, all the jobs are going to India or they're going to wherever. Yes, those jobs are. That doesn't mean there's no jobs. Right. Because, you know, like we've talked about before, um, how many companies, and, and I'm talking about U.S., Canada-based companies, um, and so, let's say the U.K.-based companies, produce products for that are some way part of the I revolution so they you know they connect to the iPhone or the iPad or the i something right and all those companies do that and many of them are based in their own country they either produce um, apps or, right. or software or covers for your iPhone right now they may produce them physically in other countries but those companies are run out of those first world countries and they have sales teams and all this so so I think the the idea that the jobs are gone is actually the misnomer it's the job you did is gone. Mm -hmm. And what you're actually holding on to is the idea that this is what I do. Right, yeah. Right. So it's, it's an interesting shift because we talked about social media and being private to now feeling like, oh, there's no jobs. Yeah. Instead of going, hold on a sec, your privacy is gone in the form that it was, but your privacy is not gone because you get to dictate how much you reveal. Yes. And your job is gone because it, there's an evolution to it, but it doesn't mean you're out of work. Right, there's lots of work to be done. There's lots of work to be done. So, you know, you, as you said, you spent many years in the grocery industry That's right. as a manager. And back, how long did you do that? 20 years. 20 years. So at the 10th year, let's, I mean, I was even in the 20th year, but at the 10th year, if I just said, listen, Scott, you know, a little bit out there in the future, I'm psychic here and I'm, I've traveled back in time, and I want you to know that you're going to be the king of the unweb. Yeah, we'd have no clue what you're talking about. They would have said, what the hell is the unweb first? <laughs> yeah. uh, you mean the king of the onions? <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> I'm in the onion department right now. Right? I'm already king of the onions. <laughs> Why do I need to be king of something else? Exactly. But you see, I mean, yeah. it's and this is the problem is that people... I couldn't even have imagined it. No. You couldn't imagine it. You couldn't imagine standing on world stages, speaking no. in front of people about technology about blogging, about podcasting, yep. ab about the unweb, about teaching NGOs how to build citizen journalists who will go out across the world and report back. I mean, think about how far-fetched that would have been yeah. for the yeah. grocery store manager. Even a science fiction novel. Exactly. Now, if, I, if on that same day I told you that, and two hours later the company came to you and said you're fired, your job no longer, not you're fired because you're bad, but your job no longer exists, you'd probably still freak out. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though you know... <coughs> this is the future. This is the future. So for me, that's what it all is. is the ego holds on to who we were and the, and, and the identities and the positions and all those things that go with it. Right, right. And we've, we've got to stop playing small. So whether that's with your privacy or with the idea of what you do. Right. Well, and I think, too, when it, when it comes to privacy, we all have lessons to teach the world. 
and gifts to give to the world. So why would we... I mean, there are certain things, obviously, I want to keep very private in my life. Well, it's the thing I said to the speakers on Saturday. You don't have to tell everybody how often you have sex. Exactly. Uh, unless you're a sex therapist, and that's an important part of what you do. Right. But, you know, I'm not actually going to be doing that, personally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you decide what it is you want to keep private. You decide what it is that can help the world grow and improve, and then make sure you get that message out. Well, you know, somebody was talking to me about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they were saying about how much corruption there is in politics. You know, that, you know, you keep finding out about these um, these politicians, these senators who are having sex in bathrooms, gay sex in bathrooms, and all you know, all this crap that comes out, right? And so they were talking about all this and the bribes, and you know, this person took a bribe, and that person took a bribe, and they said, you know, I just think it's going to hell in a handbasket. And I said, I just disagree completely. And this person said, what? Really? Why? How can I mean, how can you ignore that? The only difference is it's exposed now. Right. That's the only difference. The only difference you, is you got away with shit before. That Caesar in Rome wasn't uh, having some fun? Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's obvious that it just wasn't exposed. People say, you know, sex crimes against children has gone up. No, it hasn't. Look at the actual results. That's not true. The exposure of them has gone up. Right. Right? We yeah. now expose that stuff. We used to shove it under the frickin' rug. You know, it's people talking about the big expose on the Catholic Church with priests molesting children. But they forget that the priests were molesting those children 25, 30 years ago. These children are now coming forward. Right. So is it worse now? No, it's probably better because it's exposed that a person who has the tendency to do that might go get some help or just not do it or whatever it is. Right. Because it is visual. It's, it's visible, rather. Yeah, and one of the reasons why it's exposed is we have places like Facebook and Twitter and ways of getting those messages out that Absolutely. we didn't have before. If and you go back 500 years, what do you think was happening to the choir boys then? Absolutely. You know, so so I think it's it's a great opportunity for us to understand. You know, I get frustrated with that reality show crap as well, but it's also an opportunity for us to understand that we don't live in that world anymore where things are quote-unquote private. You know, I remember, um, God, 25 years ago, back in Australia, and I was teaching. And I was working with this guy out of uh, Melbourne who, great guy, um, but he was a, he'd, he'd been a cop. And he's okay. so in the wrong job, and he knew he was in the wrong <laughs> job. Um, not by my declaration, by his declaration, he was in the wrong job. And, uh, and I remember him saying to me, you know, I just wish I had a little dove that I could put on my shoulder and carry with me all the time <laughs> who would remind me of the things I need to know, right? And, nice. and, I, and I said, well, you do. I mean, you just have to keep learning it. And, I, and now, unfortunately, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, many of my students tell me, gosh, you're always with me. <laughs> always reminding me. But, you know, one of the things I had said to him back then was, what would happen if you lived your life, and this is all I said to him, this is my challenge to you, is live your life for one week as if I was always there. Hmm. So you yeah. would have to be consci constantly aware that Dove is watching you. And he is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I said, would that just make you more aware and more conscious? And the answer, of course, was yes. Yeah. So I said, and this is what I said afterwards. So now imagine what it would be like to live your life for one year. This is pre-Truman Show. 
<laughs> Live your life for one year imagining there's always a camera on you. Mm. How aware would you become? Yeah. How much how willing would you be to really pay attention when you're about to be rude to someone or you're about to, you know, just whatever it is, do yeah. something that's you know, you'd suddenly become a hell of a lot more conscious. You'd certainly, yeah, I'd certainly be thinking about it a lot more. Yeah. Now, again, I'm very much anti-Big Brother. I don't like the street cameras or any of that crap that goes on. I'm totally against all that. But I am all for awareness yeah. of self. Not so that somebody can use it on me to arrest me for picking my nose, but so that I have an awareness. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's an interesting piece, this, this transition out of what we thought was a private world to now what is a very exposed world and understanding that that exposed world can be taken completely out of context. Yes, absolutely. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal dance there. It is. Between realizing I'm out, I've got to be out in the public, I've got to play big, I can't play small because of the difference I've got to make in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can't play small. But at the same time, understanding that anything I say or do can be taken out of context. Well, because we have video editors. Right. <laughs> and some of them are damn good. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I don't remember saying that. Well, yeah, you said the first part of the sentence two weeks ago and the last part of the sentence a couple of days ago, and I just stuck them together. Have you seen that? Uh, uh, Jay Leno does a thing. I, I don't see Jay Leno very often, but I saw this thing where he, he did an interview with Obama, who he'd not interviewed. Right. And it was just cutaways from what Obama had said. <laughs> And answering questions that the Jay Leno was given that had nothing to do with what he was saying, like you know. Those are always hilarious. And they're hilarious, but it's a really great example of because you're looking at the screen and there's Jay Leno, yeah, and there's Obama sitting facing each other, so it looks completely real. Yeah. And Jay Leno's asking a question that's got nothing to do with the answer that Obama's going to give, but the answer actually is aligned with that question <laughs> and is so out of context. It's fascinating. Well, and you know, what's going to happen like 500 or 1,000 years from now when the only archaeological uh, evidence that they've got is this video of Jay Leno and the President of the United States. They're going to, this is what they did and talked about. Like, were those guys insane? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see the state of of our our people at that time? No wonder all that stuff happened 500 (laughs) years ago. Exactly. So you got a lot to think about here. We, you know, one of the things we've talked about, of course, is is getting out there in the world, understanding that playing small and hiding and all that doesn't work. That the world has changed. We talked about looking at whether your job is gone or whether the idea of the attachment you have to a job is gone, and is that just a way of you holding yourself back? And remembering that, imagine that you're having that camera on you the whole time and that might make you a little bit more aware so until next time everybody if you want to find out more about my partner here Scott Patton go to meet M-E-E-T Scott S-C-O-T-T Patton P-A-T-O-N meetscottpatton.com that's www.meetscottpatton.com and now you can go on to his site and it's got a great, great report on the unweb and the fact that the web in its form is disappearing.
faster than than the Luddites with the, yeah. with the gas lanterns. That's right, faster than the gas lantern, lanterns. Yeah. Right. So, a new level of if you want to find out how to really get out there in the world for your business and for yourself, uh, you definitely want to go over there and read that report. If you want to find out more about me, Dov Barron, and the programs that we offer, get yourself over to www.c, that's the letter C, C-Y-C Edge. So that's C-Y-C-E-D-G-E dot com. And there you can find out about Claim Your Competitive Edge, which is one of our great programs, three-day program, where you'll learn to break through your three biggest fears. You'll learn how to supercharge your DNA and discover how to get exactly what you want in just 16 minutes a day and have the most fun possible over three days. So until next time, guys, live with the courage. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.